0: Hello, and welcome to everyone. This is Ethan Gibson, your host and Berkeley's Place volunteer. Welcome to another episode of Pet School 101, a Berkeley's Place podcast. As we navigate in this time of pandemic, it has been necessary to be creative on how to reach the communities we serve, and we hope that you enjoy this podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, welcome. And for those that have listened to other episodes of this podcast, welcome back. It has been a pleasure to have you listening today. We have a very unique episode planned for you today, entitled Getting to Know the Mika's, Mika's Birdhouse and Safehouse. I am sure that our listeners will take a tremendous amount of important information away regarding birds and other exotic pets from our esteemed guest. So, without further delay, I would like to introduce our guest today on the podcast, Janine and Ian Sprague. Both Janine and Ian have been involved in bird rescue for many years. Their combined knowledge, passion, and desire for continued learning allows for Mika's Birdhouse, the retail business, as well as Mika's Safehouse, the nonprofit rescue, to continually evolve and morph into a parrot paradise that allows for the birds to thrive in their environment. Committed to the continuous learning, the pair attends parent seminars and courses put on by world class parrot experts, avian veterinarians, conservate conservationists biologists, behaviorists, enrichment specialists, and trainers. These seminars and courses aid them to better help captive parrots succeed in their homes. Both Ian and Janine are certified avian specialists and adhere to the standards of the Pet Industry Joint Advisory Council of Canada PIJACC and the Humane Canada which was formerly known as the Canadian Federation of Humane Societies. Both Ian and Janine have completed Dr. Susan Friedman's Behavior Works, Living and Learning with Animals course, and are both enrolled, enrolled sorry, in Lara Joseph's Level 2 membership program relating to animal behavior. They practice force-free training and methods that empower the birds to make their own choices, which in turn creates a more socially and mentally sound bird. On average, Mika's safe House takes in 230 birds each year. The Safe House works closely with many vet clinics in and around Edmonton area, as well as the Alberta SPCA, the Edmonton Humane Society, and Animal Care and Control Edmonton to help birds that come into their care. Mika's Safe House has been called upon for many large-scale rescues across Alberta as well as out of province. They also cared for all the evacuated birds of Fort McMurray during the wildfires. Janine and Ian, thank you for the gift of your time today. I'm excited to get started. Hey, thanks for having us. Hello. <laughs> Sorry about the phone interruption, but <laughs> we got it figured out. In, in, in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got it figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alrighty. So first, can we start with the big question? Can you tell us more about Mika's birdhouse and what listeners could expect to find there? Well, as soon as
1: you walk in the door, you're going to find everything that you can think of that's related to birds. Ha. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I i think ethan you came to the store you, you saw the, you know first thing you get greeted with uh, a couple chickens running around on the floor uh yep. you know there's uh you know but we have we have all kinds of stuff in here we have everything for wild birds including feed houses feeders uh and then everything uh for pet birds so we have a lot of enrichment items toys perches cages Ooh. yeah all that stuff so yeah there's if you if you if you can think of a bird and something it might want, I'm hoping we have it in our store. And if we don't, we'll have it soon.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a bird's wonderland. Yeah, <laughs> that's the goal. Yeah, and then Mika's Bird House offers other interesting services for their customers. Can you speak more about your bird ser- bird sitting service? Sorry. Well, that, yeah, that's kind of uh, one of the backbones of, the, of our of our
1: uh, our business. Uh, so when people go on holidays and uh, are, or even if they need
2: a break from their bird,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah. You know, or, or, or getting uh, maybe new appliances delivered to the house or whatever the story. Uh, yeah, the birds can come stay with us for a while. Uh, we supply everything they'll need. They just need to bring the bird in the carrier, and uh, and we'll look after the rest. Nice.
0: nice. Yeah. 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 And then for fun, what has been the most interesting exotic animal that you have pet (laughs) sat? Yeah.
2: Wow. I would say maybe the penguin.
1: The penguin. penguin. Yeah, Yeah. we had a penguin for a little while visiting us. Uh, But, you know, we've had tortoise.
2: uh, Tortoise uh, and hedgehogs.
1: Hedgehogs, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so it's...
2: Ducks and (laughs) geese and (laughs) we've had all kinds of interesting animals come through our door yeah You're the sure? penguin i would say would probably be the most erotic yeah I, out of all yeah, yeah.
0: yeah yeah nice and then <laughs> next why do birds require specialized care and what is that specialized care
2: well they're not like uh they're not like mammals you know they lay eggs so they require a special diet you can't just feed them kibble they've got really um they've got brains that I don't even know how to explain it. They need enrichment, right? So you can't mm-hmm. just give them one little thing and they'll be happy forever. You have to give them different foods, different toys, different perches. Um, you have to give them the the opportunity to get out and fly and, and not outside, mind you, inside, <laughs> <laughs> inside flight. <laughs> um, but yeah, they just, they require a little bit extra stuff. You need to understand that birds hide their illnesses. You need to be able to recognize when they are sick. Um, you need to be able to recognize when they're stressed and that they just require a, a good diet.
0: Thank you. Oh, That's that so wonderful
1: and informative. Yeah, well, the one thing that we have to realize with a lot of the, uh, the birds that we're looking, uh, that, that we see, they're, they're essentially a wild animal. They're not Domesticated, like a like a dog and a cat, or, or or a lot of these animals are domesticated animals. They they have evolved over you know thousands of years to live with humans. They 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 you know they're 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 truly a pet. Um, when it comes to birds, these are still essentially wild animals. They have not been domesticated at all, except for maybe uh, a couple exceptions of maybe some of the well some some of the canaries and stuff. Mm. And uh, and maybe uh, some of the uh, pigeons, right? So that's that's that. Those would be the exceptions, but the the vast majority are still essentially a wild animal. So Mm -hmm. that's why they need to have extra stimulation. They need they need a lot of work and they need a lot of understanding too, because they will they are a wild animal and Mm you know most of them
2: are you know either wild caught or a first or third generation wild caught, so Mm -hmm. they're not uh, they haven't been in houses for thousands of years like most cats.
0: That's right hmm and why is it unethical to pull baby birds out of the nest box to feed them well and then
1: this is this is a, a thing that has been commonly practiced uh, by breeders for probably the last 30 years I would say where they would where they would take the babies out of the box hand feed them with a syringe uh, simply because they find that there's a there's a process called imprinting now imprinting is is something that animals like ducks and geese do you've seen it probably on tv where you know you see the geese following a hand glider you know flying in formation and that because those geese have imprinted on a person not 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 their parents like they're supposed to and so same thing goes with with some of the parrots uh they will imprint on their parents just so they know that's where they need to be safe so some breeders have taken that that behavior and and used it uh as a almost as a in, in lieu of training so what's happened is now that the bird is thinks it doesn't know it's a bird anymore it kind of thinks it's a weird person and uh it, it uh it, it gets very confused mm-hmm. yeah
2: the, the breeders think that it makes a better pet, and you know yes it can um but it also makes for a a bad bird too like they they don't learn how to speak bird so when people are like oh I want a bird for my f- I want a bird friend for my f- for my bird they they don't speak bird very well so they don't know how to forage they don't know how to how to entertain themselves they don't know how to get along with other birds yeah. and not to mention like when you take a baby bird away from its mom it. The mom and dad feed the baby birds, so it gets food from the dad's crop, it gets food from the mom's crop, and it goes into the baby bird crop. So it develops all these antibodies and and stuff. So when you take that away and you hand feed it, it's not getting mom and dad's food anymore. It's getting this formulated diet that you know doesn't allow for proper um, bacteria growth in their in their crop, and they just they don't thrive as well as having mom and dads. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, like, thank uh, you very much uh, for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. So I get someone. The one thing when you're when you're talking about that kind of stuff is uh, the the, the uh, you know if you would do if you, if you wouldn't do that kind of thing to a baby dog or a baby cat unless it was an emergency, you shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing it. You shouldn't be doing it to a bird as well,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. And then with spring coming, I understand there has been a trend in past years where people unknowingly release their domesticated birds into the wild. Is yeah. this true? Yeah, it's a uh, you know it's it's a it's a it's a bunch of accidents usually uh, this time of year.
1: is a perfect example. Uh, people are starting to go outside now. They're, they're
2: even their windows going open. out
1: for you know for barbecues. The kids are in and out of the house constantly, and the birds are are sometimes out and are even on their shoulders. We've had people you know walk outside with the bird on the shoulder. They just forget that the bird's there, <laughs> and, uh, and
2: the bird takes the opportunity to fly off
1: yeah and now here's the problem it's not necessarily that the bird doesn't like uh you you anymore and it's trying to fly away or anything like that is that it's it's got a chance to fly outside and it's not a strong enough flyer to 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 cope with winds wind currents and things like that so how
2: fast it's going either like they're they're used to flying in a scale stagnant air environment seeing the same things all the time when they go out into the big world they get disoriented disoriented, disorientated
1: yes um they
2: get they get lost and they can't find their way home. And the wind carries them. So yeah, they're
1: not strong enough where they really want to
2: go. Yeah, it's not. It's not a good thing. They're not caged birds. Birds that have been raised indoors are not meant to be outside. Any tropical bird, it is a death sentence if you release your birds.
0: Yes. All right. And then, can we talk about the exotic bird trade and what it, that is doing to the various bird species, like the African greys, for example?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm. Hmm. It's, uh, it's that's a big subject it's uh
1: it's, 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 it's pretty intense uh, so when you look at uh, what's going on especially in Africa right now it's, it's uh, with the Congo African grace, in the last couple of years they were just been placed onto the CITES list of endangered animals so they are now a threatened species uh, they what's supposed to happen is that there's supposed to be a very limited numbers of birds being caught in the wild for for the pet trade. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. these countries uh, are 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 poor poor countries. People people are having a hard time making a living, so it's easy for them to go out and catch birds, sell birds for what we would consider not a lot of money, but it's enough to feed their families. And and then these birds are transferred to um, waiting stations, waiting stations or, or other breeding facilities. Um, and they're mixed in with with legal birds so we have poached birds and legal birds all pushed together and uh it's basically it's, it's it's driving the numbers of the wild birds down so fast uh it's 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 more damaging than climate change it's more damaging than ha- habitat loss uh it's uh it's huge and it's uh I think the last number I saw in the last five years, they estimated it at 1.7 billion dollars, um, okay. uh, okay. in, in in the illegal bird trade, and it's all birds. It's not just it's not just parrots. Uh, the African greys and the big birds are, are probably like flagship species, you know, uh, but it's happening uh, with the smaller conyers, It's happening with pinches. It's happening with all these kind of birds, mm-hmm. uh, birds. from all over the world. So mm-hmm. I know we were at a conference. A couple of years ago, and they were talking about the sun parakeets. Yeah, and they expected to see uh, when they were doing the, the actual counts, uh, and they were expecting to find thousands yeah. of these birds in in this particular area. And I think, if I remember right, the the actual count they came up with was 140
2: mm-hmm. wow.
1: individuals. Individuals, you know, not pairs. Individuals. So yeah. It's it's reality a reality check. Yeah, big time. So when we're buying birds. Here, you know, just from our local pet stores or something like that, um, it's 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 not directly connected, but it is connected. It's all they all it's all because these what happens is is these guys will take birds and like I say they'll mink they'll they'll cut them into a population of legal birds that can be traded, and it's just a shock and awe thing. So I can give you an example uh, again from Africa. They had four thousand African greys. Uh, being shipped all at once to a port in uh, in southern in the southern states, Florida, I think, and uh, basically that's a shock and awe campaign. They're hoping that they ship over four thousand animals. The guys at the border and maybe check a third of that that amount, and if, as long as most of them are legal, they'll just push the whole shipment through. So that that's how it, that's how it happens, and so we end up with with uh, up here in Canada. You know, we, it's a we're, we're just as guilty as anywhere else of uh, of uh, not che- not double checking and yeah illegal trade yeah illegal trade yeah mm-hmm. it's the same mm-hmm. as ivory it's the same as all of it
0: yeah well thank you for the enlightening um, information uh could you tell us more about Mika's safe house and how it came to be and why there is a need for bird rescue well Mika's safe house is, is uh, <laughs> it, it all just sort of
1: evolved all at once uh so there were people that
2: approached us because we had birds saying that they couldn't look after their birds anymore or we would bird sit them and they just would fail to pick up. and we ended up with a bunch of these birds that you know we never committed to you know just there was just bird sitting or whatever Mm -hmm. and they were abandoned so Mm -hmm. Mika Safehouse uh started Mika Safehouse started out of a need for that once uh we got into it a little bit more, um, organizations like the SPCA and the EHS and Animal Care and Control would call on us for um, big bird um, seizures or um, or rehomes or during the Fort McMurray wildfires, you know, they contact us because these birds were, were rescued out of homes that were on fire. And brought into a big warehouse, and the birds couldn't be kept at this warehouse anymore. They weren't thriving, so they contacted us, and um, yeah, it just it grew from there. So
1: yeah, I think mm-hmm. yeah, that was, a, that was We ended up with our bird population went from I think up to two hundred and sixty. Yeah, it, like was, it, was, it crazy, was it was pretty so. intense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but no, it it just grew. It just grew out of the need for people getting birds and not knowing what they're all about and um, having, not being not, not being able to live with them anymore.
0: Yeah. Fair. Uh, the safe house has just recently expanded because of the need for more space. Can you share more about this?
2: Yeah, we were running the rescue out of our house and our store and um, it just got to the point where we couldn't, there wasn't enough physical space to keep these large birds in large cages. You know, in our little house and um, our store. You know, we need to fill it with stuff that we can sell in order to support the safe house. So safe house had um, safe house had the opportunity to um, move. There's a little space that's about 50 steps away from from Mika's birdhouse, and uh, yeah, it houses all of our all of our birds that need to find a home.
0: Mm, very cool. Thank you for doing that. Mm. Uh, If a guardian cannot care for their bird, what resources are in place for bird relocation slash transfer to rescue?
1: Uh, For us, it's pretty simple. Uh, If anybody has a, a, you know, I guess the only questions that we want to answer when when people are surrendering their birds is we just want to know if there's a medical issue that we need to be aware of Mm -hmm. uh, right off the get-go. They're all going to get vet checked anyhow, but I just, you know, I would just... To appreciate appreciate to know if there's something going on before of course before, before we get too far but other than that they just need to come in um and uh we fill out a, a, a transfer of ownership and uh and basically that's all all we do
2: in some situations we've gone to get bird um, and in some situations um people would surrender to um animal care control and animal care and control would call
0: us so, yeah um, yeah Very cool. Uh, And then Mika's Safe House is a non-profit organization. How might the listeners reach out and support the Safe House? What kind of support would you be looking for? Well, we're
2: always looking for donations. Um, You can donate to our GoFundMe page, Mika's Safe House Art Rescue. Um, We have fundraisers online where we do... um, online auctions we have uh, skip the depot where people can donate their bottles to us um and they don't even have to go to the bottle depot they just leave their bottles outside and and get the app to come pick them up um and yeah we could always use supply donations uh food produce uh we could use uh, cage donations and volunteer hours. So if anybody wants to come clean some bird cages, <laughs> it's always, always welcome. Yeah.
0: Alrighty. And then as we wrap up our conversation today, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you would like to add?
2: Hmm. No, well, we're just we're thankful for all the support we can get, and we thank you for doing this podcast. I hope yeah. that if anybody has any, you know, wanting any. Additional information, they can get in touch with us on on Facebook through phone, email, or anything like that. Mika'sBirdHouse.com. Yeah.
1: So we'd really like to thank Berkeley's for all the support we've gotten from Berkeley's. You know, basically since the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, when we've gotten all kinds of support from from Berkeley's from. Monetary donations to to uh, supplies, supplies. And food, and help like moral help. support. Well, <laughs> moral support because every now and then you know if you're having uh, you know a, a day where you just think you know what this is it you know it's better good good time to call Lillian and, <laughs> and make it talk you off the roof a little bit you know yeah yeah, so, yeah. It's, uh, yeah no it's been the the support we've gotten from Berkeley's has been
0: no, it's uh, it's always wonderful to hear from you guys, and I know there are very certain people that are easy to want to help, and you guys are some of them. So, oh, Berkeley Pla- Berkeley's Place thanks you as well. Oh, uh, I <laughs> love them. <laughs> thank you very much to our guests, Janine and Ian, for the gift of their time, talent, and treasure today. I know that I have learned so much, and that will definitely be the same for our listeners. So, on behalf of the Board of Directors of Berkeley's Place, and myself, please accept our most sincere thanks and appreciation for sharing your wise counsel with our listeners today.
2: Awesome. Right. Thank you so no, much. Thank for you very much
0: us. for having us. Yeah, of course you have been listening to pet school One Hundred and One, a Berkeley's place podcast and our latest episode where we were getting to know the Micas, Mika's birdhouse and safe house. As we wrap up another podcast episode, we have two very important messages of thanks to make. First, we'd like to thank Janine and Ian Sprague of Mika's Birdhouse and Safehouse for their time, insightful answers, and commitment to supporting animals and the humans around them on a daily basis. Secondly, we'd like to thank you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and your interest in this new initiative for the Foundation and the support of Berkeley's Place and its mandates. We can't do what we do without all of you. We hope that you have enjoyed the podcast and will tell others about it so they can tune in as well. Remember to subscribe to the podcast to catch new episodes as they get released, whether that be an Apple podcast or Spotify, check back in two weeks for our next podcast release. You can find Berkeley's place on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and their homepage, www.berkeley'splace.com. As a nonprofit society Licensed in the province of Alberta, monetary donations are humbly accepted with much gratitude. We are able to support and help because of your generosity. If you would like to support Berkeley's Place, you can donate through PayPal, the link found on their webpage, or by email money transfer to the email info at com. Thank you again for listening, and see you next time.